Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. First week of the NRL Supercoach Finals behind us. We're back to do it all again here, Supercoach365. The podcast, we do it for topsport.com.au. A big thanks to Tristan and the team continuing to support us throughout the 2021 season. Tommy Hudson, mate, uh, how did you fare last week? It was a, a big week, of course, headlined by the news of Nathan Cleary's return. Yep, Cleary, uh, good performance there on Friday night. I think we ended up the star of the show, though, being... Tom Trojevich yet again. Uh, as far as my performance, it was a dismal week. Um, not having Ruben Garrick has hurt me a few times this year, but uh, not having him last week was pretty much my death sentence. Absolutely. Uh, Cleary back with 82 last week, and uh, obviously uh, much to the delight of super coaches, but we held our breath there towards the end of the game when he put that alleged shoulder charge on Jack Bird. He's been cleared of that, so he will line up again this week. You mentioned Ruben Garrick there. Massive score, 199. I think that's the fifth biggest or fifth equal biggest score in Supercoach history. Tom Travojevic, 179. They just did it again. An interesting stat I found going through this game was not one Eels player scored over 50 Supercoach points. So, mainly they just put them to the sword. Yeah, it was complete domination, and I know... We probably had our reservations about Parramatta going into the game, but geez, they were they were ordinary and Manly were just awesome. But uh, obviously, well, the big news, I'm sure we'll get into it now, the big news out of the weekend was Turbo's potential injury. Uh, he was out and he was in for this week. He's been named. What, what are we thinking? Yeah, Tommy named in jersey number one, but uh, I guess some sources close to the club have indicated, well, he was going to be named, but maybe not play this week. So uh, a bit of a wait and see. The good thing with that is that Manly played pretty early in the week. So you should be able to switch in a second fullback, be it James Tedesco, Latrell Mitchell, or maybe even Ryan Pappenhausen, Tommy, who returns to his familiar number one jersey as well this week with Jerome Hughes to miss the game and Nico Hines moves into halfback. Yeah, well, Nico Hines, I suppose a lot of people probably thought he was dead and buried as a supercoach option probably a month ago when Paps came back but he he keeps finding a spot in this Storm team Hughes out now obviously opens the door for Paps to get a start I think it's a big game for Pappenhausen um, mainly just because probably hasn't been at his best since his return this is his first start back 
do you think we'll see the Paps of old? I hope so, personally, as someone who has held him all year in draft and it's been frustrating in watching him the past two weeks churning out scores of 22 or 30 or, you know, something like that off the bench. And I said to you today before we press record tonight, I think this is his chance to really assert himself as the Premier number 1 at Melbourne. Nico Hines has obviously done a job throughout the season while he was away, but with now Jerome Hughes... A forced change. I think this is a really good chance for Paps to really come back into this team and to show, well, you know, there's a reason why he started the year in jersey number one. And Nico Hines, he is that utility sort of player. And again, he gets a chance to showcase this weekend uh, his role in number seven before we expect him to move into the halves next year at Cronulla. Yeah, exactly right. It'll be a good look into the future for Hines. I do wonder whether or not Hughes is just a one-week injury. It was a pretty heavy hit he took by uh, Harawira Naira the other night and Melbourne have been obviously quite cautious with their head knocks over the season. So it'll be interesting to see if he is back next week, Jerome Hughes. 30% of coaches will have that same question to contend with this week as they look to make their trades, if they've got trades left, that is. Uh, Still on halves, what about Cody Walker? 121 last week in that big win for South Sydney uh, over the Titans. Latrell Mitchell again, 115. And we've been singing Latrell's praises for, I'm going to say, you know, give us a fair rap here, probably six or eight weeks we've had Latrell in this team. Uh, and he really is showing that he is a, a premier fullback in the NRL and worthy of being in the conversation alongside Tommy Trevojevic and James Tedesco as the elite number ones. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's well and truly deserving of those accolades. Uh, him and just the whole South team, they've just been incredible for super coaches the past eight weeks. I think the stat was the other day that scoring 30 the other day was the first time a team has got over 30 eight weeks straight. So having South players during that period has been massive for everybody, but obviously coming up against Penrith this weekend, uh, they'll be tested the likes of Walker and Latrell. Yeah, tough challenge, and I think one of the deterrents for players, uh, super coaches, that he's going away from Latrell to finish the season at fullback behind Tommy there. Uh, we kept hearing South had a tough run. They have a tough run. Well, this is probably, and we're in round 23 now, this is probably their biggest test of the season to this point. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's all well and good beating up on the Titans, but a chance to show their premiership credentials this weekend against the Panthers. Speaking of big supercoach scores, we've already mentioned the, the top two uh, a little while ago with Garrick and uh, obviously Tom Travojevic. But what about Josh Curran, the third highest score of the week, 139 what was really impressive about uh, Josh Curran's performance is it's just he was just everywhere. He was tireless in that win. Uh, did the dirty work and also scored a try as well. So uh, really announcing himself as, I'm not going to say he's a must-have for 2022, but definitely on the horizon he will stay. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth there. Honestly, he was everywhere the other day. Every single play he was cleaning up or putting blokes through holes, going through hole himself. He was he was amazing, and uh, he'll be one on the radar for next year for sure. Just on the Warriors quickly, Ewan Aiken, the other second row, he's been a revelation since moving to the second row. Uh, his last three scores have been huge and massive base stats as well. Yeah, he kind of came back from that injury. Uh, I think it was a shoulder complaint, and he bumbled and fumbled his way around of scores of, again, what you'd expect from a centre winger who isn't scoring tries, and then suddenly shifted into the back row, and he's looking like an elite 2RF option. Um, I don't know if he'll get that badge next to his name next year if he's playing a couple more games uh, to finish the year, but imagine uh, you and Aiken, a dual position player in 2022. He certainly would come into calculations then. Uh, You've already kind of mentioned uh, or briefly touched on your score from last week and obviously some challenges we'll face this week. We'll get into our trades a little bit later uh, towards the end of this podcast. But how did you score last week, Tommy, and what's your overall rank now? Yeah, it was a dismal week last week, as I said. It was going on all right until Garrett got 200-odd. Um, just 13.51 the other day, which 
by this year's standards isn't great. Still in the top 5% overall this year, but just things aren't going my way. I've got a few injuries, a few suspensions. Uh, how about you, Matt? How are you going? Yeah, big week last week, and obviously those big scores, Garrick, Trevojevic, Cody Walker, uh, obviously helped the cause. A 15.80 last week, top 1%, and overall... Uh, still top 1%, 28,499. Made some ground last week and getting closer to that top 500. The season rank now, 679. So pretty happy with that, uh, with a couple of rounds to play. Let's get into our talking points now. Let's not dwell on round 22. Let's look ahead. And uh, speaking of looking ahead, NRL294 has asked us via our Instagram DMs today, will Turbo be above $1 million for round one next year? The way he's going at this rate and obviously scoring, I think he averages 135 or there enough, uh, close enough too. Um, he's raised his stocks by 540000 this year. He sits above a million dollars now. Are we expecting him to start the year above a million dollars next year? Yeah, I find that an interesting, very interesting question actually looking towards next year. And I think it goes back a little bit to what we were talking about a few weeks ago about you know, backs being so good now and the new scoring system potentially next year, do we need one? I think price is going to be a massive factor. You'd have to think that players like Turbo and Cleary are going to be so highly priced that you're probably not going to be even able to have both in your team. Or if you do, you're going to have to make real sacrifices in other areas. I think Turbo should definitely be over a million because really otherwise... The game's becoming too easy if he's under a million dollars. Yeah, having a look off his average now, I think if you're basing it purely off that, obviously he'd start above a million dollars. James Tedesco, I think he went within a whisker of becoming a million dollar player last year and started the year at about $840,000 this year. So I think it'll go one of two ways. You'll either be high 900s or a tick over a million dollars, which you think Nathan Cleary would be pretty similar. It's going to be very tough to get both of these guys into your team for round one next year. Let's jump back to this year though. Let's finish the 2021 season off before we look too far ahead. And Pete Zagas217 asks us, who do you think would be the best second row forward opportunities for the run home under 600k. Uh, this list here, which I put together for us, Tommy, is, uh, I guess, going off the past five-round average for second row forwards. And we mentioned Josh Curran already, and he heads this list. Yeah, Curran is probably head and shoulders above the rest of them on that list, for sure. He's just flying, as we said. And the Warriors have a nice little run in to the finals, and they're looking to make the finals too. So you think that their players are going to score pretty well. Someone who's a bit cheaper but actually played really well the last few weeks, Alex Twoll, he's going all right. And the Tigers, not a bad run either. They do have Penrith next week, but the other two games are quite easy. Tino, big Tino's had a few good scores, but did only get 29 the other day. Yeah, I'm looking at the likes of uh, Kaloa Matangi. Obviously, you mentioned with they're playing the Panthers this week, but I think they finish off with the Dragons, and I uh, can't remember the round 24 fixture off the top of my head. But uh, Luciano Leilua, another great shout. I think we've spoken his praises. Um, to this point already in the last round fixture against the Bulldogs. Josh Jackson, he's been solid, uh, 68 average over the past five rounds. And if you're looking to someone to do a job, uh, Josh Jackson will do that. Isaiah Papali, yeah, he's kind of fallen off the cliff a little bit um, in recent times. Five-round average of just 63.8, so uh, well below his season average of 80.3. Uh, and further down the list, maybe Mitch Barnett you know, playing big minutes again uh, and with Lachlan Fitzgibbon out for the rest of the year, you think that he could hold down a spot for the Knights, and they've got a pretty good run home themselves. I would say that um, the 2RF slot has become all of a sudden a problem child for most super coaches. We had, obviously, Angus Crichton suspended last week, I think, for three three games, and now Ryan Madison 
is gone for the rest of the Supercoach season. So it's become a real a real problem, the 2RF slot for everybody. Yeah, another popular pick, James Fisher-Harris, uh, not named inside the Panthers' 17 this week. He is on the extended bench and may get some time, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's suddenly gone from one of those positions which was rock solid at the start of the year, you could kind of sit and forget it, to now some real pods in that space where uh, you are going to see some head-to-head comps one purely off to RF choices. Let's round this out. Just a couple of questions this week. And our last one from Blake Moore. Uh, Blakey, big fan of the show. Not so much related to Supercoach this one, but about that big game we spoke of this weekend, Souths and Penrith. He says, if the Rabbitohs can't beat the Panthers, they can't win the comp. Do you agree with that statement, Tommy? Oh, it's a, it's almost a fair point. Like I think they need to not get smashed, basically, because the last time they met, Penrith put 50, 58 on them, I think, which was unbelievable. But um, Souths have probably come a little bit of a way since then. However, they have only beating up on some pretty lowly ranked teams. So this is a massive test for them. I know it's not the finals. I know they're going to make top four anyway, but I think just... They just want to make a little bit of a statement, and even if they don't beat the Panthers, I think they want to probably finish within a try or so of them. Yeah, I mean, the big concern is their defence. We all know they can score points, Souths, and they say styles make fights. It's definitely going to be attack versus defence this weekend. The, the, the best defence in the competition, Penrith, uh, up against, on its day, the best attack, I think, still, South Sydney. Um, a little bit predictable, maybe, and Panthers, if they are going to get the, get the two points here, which I think they head into the game as favourites. Um, they will be looking to shut down the likes of Gagai and Alex Johnson, who returned for Souths on that left side. Let's get into the previews ahead of round 23, of course. It all gets underway on Thursday night in the Melbourne Storm. Ryan Pappenhausen returns to jersey number one to take on the Titans. This is a Titans home game on the Gold Coast. And uh, another change for the Titans in jersey number one as well with AJ Brimson out. So Jaden Campbell, he earns a reprieve. Yeah, a few changes there for the Titans, but the Storm... Yeah, well, lucky we said all eyes on Ryan Pappenhausen. Let everyone into a little secret. Uh, our draft league this week, sudden death semi-final. I'm playing against Mr. Ryan, and he has Ryan Pappenhausen. He's very happy to see him back in the one jersey, and I think his score will go a long way into settling our our game. Yeah, I mean, he had that phenomenal average to start the year, didn't he? I think it was a five-round average of about 120. It was turbo-like, and there was he was spoken of like turbo was, so or like turbo is. So Melbourne, a dollar nine favourites here on topsport.com.au. A minus twenty-one and a half. This line, it's uh, it's big. I don't know. <laughs> the Titans, they just they they've done a good job in recent times, but then they came up against South Sydney, and everything was just a jar. I think I said to you before the game started, Tommy. They needed to start David Fafita because. He came on, they were down, I think it was 18-0 at the time. The game was already gone, so he is named in jersey number 12 and named to start this week, but again, he might come off the bench. I just don't see the tactics or to see the point in that. No, I agree with you. I think I think he'll start this week. I don't think both Fulmore played overly great the other day, and I guess last week's result against South just showed the golfing class between the top four and the rest. You know, Titans have been beating up on some bad teams. They come up against South and they pretty much get flogged, so be hard to see the Storm not winning by a margin here. Something we haven't mentioned yet, but Brandon Smith not named. That'll be another question for super coaches who have um, found their way with Brandon this year. We, I looked at him earlier in the year and I just thought he has to stop scoring tries at some point and he hasn't. So Harry Grant really emerges as a big pod at uh, the hooking role now. If you've held on to him throughout the season, well done to you. You've done better than a lot of others. Uh, Aaron Clark in jersey number nine. So it just shows you. You mentioned the golfing class between the best and the rest. And the Titans on the cusp of making the eight this year. And really, they're just cannon fodder for these bigger teams. Even a top top five, you could say, with the Eels, the way that they've been performing in recent times. 
early game on Friday night, of course, is the Canberra Raiders up against what we expect to be a Tommy Turbo-less Seagulls outfit. And uh, the Raiders, uh, again, on the cusp of the eight, like the Knights, like the Titans. They played pretty well last week against the Storm, I thought. Tommy, Jack White and showed glimpses of his best. Yeah, Jack White, and that was the best game he's played since winning the Dally M. I'm not sure what that award did to him because he's really done not much this year, but he was good the other day, that's for sure. Uh, big name on the bench, at least in NRL terms. Not so much super coach really, but Charles Nickel Cookstar is back after most people thought he would miss the season. And yeah, obviously for Manly, all eyes on Tommy Turbo. Wait and see what that happens or what happens there at 5pm on Friday uh, afternoon. As it is currently with Turbo named in the team, Manly $1.21 favourites, that line plus 15.5. I'd be interested to see what that uh, goes down to for uh, the Raiders if Tommy is to be a laid out. I think if you if you're betting early on this game, you'd be taking the fifteen and a half because I think if Tommy's gone, that's probably closer to six and a half. Yeah, hundred percent. There's not really any point, you know. I suppose going against the line here because it's not going to balloon out any more than that. Um, and it's not just t- t- Turbo Tommy that people have their eyes on. Obviously, if he's out, players like Jason Saab and especially Ruben Garrick, they're going to be massively negatively negatively affected by uh, Tommy's omission. Well, you just look at the last time. I think we had this same conversation last time when it was at the back end of Origin 3, people looking to uh, solidify their trades heading into the run home. And Jason Saab was a man spoken of at the end of round 16. Of course, he had that massive score, 162 against the Bulldogs uh, at Bankwest Stadium when they ran ramp at 66-0. The next two weeks, ironically against the Raiders, the first of these two games, he scored 12. The next week against the Dragons, he scored 11. So it just shows you the influence that Tommy Turbo does have on the players around him. We've said it time and time again this year, but... I guess the rising tide, it floats more boats than just Tommy Turbo. So uh, interesting watch and see on that one. Bailey Simmonson, what about that? A lot of players held him, and I think you were one of them last week, Tommy. Comes in against the Storm and scores a hat-trick. You never would have picked that. No, not in a million years, honestly. Uh, it was all Jack White, really. He put him on a platter for Simmonson, but it worked out great for people who still had him. And look, hopefully he can get a couple more tries uh, to see the season out. Yeah. I think he saved a lot of people's weeks last week, if even he was only uh, an auto-emergency. The big game of the week, we've already touched on it a little bit, the Panthers and the Rabbitohs. Uh, it's two plays three, maybe finals uh, footy comes two or three weeks early here. And again, big names wherever you look across the park. Big inclusions for the Rabbitohs. We've mentioned AJ back, Gagai back, Campbell Graham back as well, um, something which can't be understated. Josh Mansell keeps his place in this back line. He's been flying on that left side, that right flank, a different challenge though. Brent Naden scored a double last week. He holds his spot here. And again, Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary, the origin halves of games one and two up against what we all thought would be the origin halves for game three, Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds. The way that these four players play on Friday night, it will go a long way to determining the result of this. Yeah, well, there's been a few bludges of Friday 8pm games this year, but this is the pick of the bunch. This is a great game. Penrith and South, both teams look pretty much fully fit. James Fisher-Harris will be a watch for many, including myself. I've had him for a few weeks now without him playing. Hopefully he's back in the team. We're not sure there, though. And uh, TPJ as well, back in the reserves as well. So it'll be interesting watch for those two players for the Panthers. Yeah, some good mail going around that they'll both find their way into this team. Uh, and if that is to be the case, I expect Jermaine Hopgood and Matt Eisenhuth, the likely two to drop out of the Panthers 17 to make way. Obviously, we mentioned before about our South probably beating up on some lesser opposition. They come up against 
the second favourites for the title here. Do we think they're up to the task or do we think Penrith's class will shine through? I think the one thing going against the Rabbitohs is, is yes, they can win well against lower teams, but I haven't seen them personally. I haven't seen them put an 80-minute performance together the whole year. And that's I'll be tipping Penrith here purely off that. I think Souths are actually in better form than the Panthers, but I think even though Panthers are... Yeah, maybe not anywhere near their 2020 best on current form or even their 2021 best on current form. Um, they just, you know, they're going to be in the fight for 80 minutes. So when there's that 20 minute window when South switch off, I think that that's when the Panthers can strike and they might only win by four, six, or eight points. But that might be the difference, that period where Souths haven't shown they can compete for the full game. Yeah, I agree. I think the class will come through. I think Penrith's defence on its day, and it, they'll be on on Friday night, they'll just frustrate South. I think the points won't come easy for South. Players like Walker and Latrell might get a little bit frustrated having to uh, attack against such a strong line. And like you said, they don't often play for 80 minutes, even against the bad teams. They really just drop off in games. And if you did it, do that against Penrith, uh, Penrith will make you pay. So yeah, I'm pretty confident on the Panthers myself. Yeah, $1.74. It is currently topsport.com.au head-to-head. South's $2.12. The line minus 2.5 against the Panthers. You're getting even money for that. $2, it seems. Uh, a pretty good price for mine. Last time these two sides met, it was a blowout score. Uh, the Rabbitohs couldn't compete. It was daytime footy at Dubbo. The conditions actually probably favoured the Bunnies, but Nathan Cleary, far too good that afternoon. Uh, he just led this masterclass at 56 points to 12 it was, expecting a much closer game this time around. But if they didn't have it on a dry Saturday afternoon last time, I think the hype, the buzz around playing finals footy this time, Panthers under lights, I just, I just think they'll just come away they'll be far too good yeah i think penrith are just starting to peak again they did have that period there during origin and after origin where they were looking pretty flat but slowly getting players back now and they've put two pretty good wins together i think they'll be absolutely peaking friday night for super coaches as well some news going around this afternoon that uh, brian oh our boy he's a chance of being available next week probably more likely round 25 but uh yeah if you can get through this week by not trading uh, brian which i know a couple of people are they're desperate to fill uh, a place in the CTWs. Uh, maybe just hang on to Brian and maybe trade someone else out because uh, he is a chance for next week. Saturday afternoon footy gets underway with the West Tigers and the Sharks. On paper, this one should be a high-scoring affair, you'd think, but uh, the Sharks may be hard done by a little bit last weekend against the Knights. They'll really need to win this one. They start favourites, $1.57. Uh, if there are any hope of uh, finding a place in this top eight. They they regressed a little bit last week with other results going against them. Yeah, well, this game is absolute desperation stakes for both. I think the losers pretty much out. Tigers are somehow still at the chance to make the eight despite pretty ordinary year, let's be honest. Their last two wins against the Dogs and the Cowboys have been probably two of the worst games of the season, but they've got the job done. Sharks aren't setting the world on fire, but like you said, they were pretty unlucky against Newcastle, so... I'd lean that way. Um, Adam Dewey, star of the show for, for the Tigers. He's been killing it on Supercoach, another 100 the other day. Yeah, he just keeps performing. And again, I, I said to you this afternoon, I think he's really announced himself as a premier Supercoach player. Like, uh, kicks goals. He's the focal point of their attack. He often takes those sort of two-out hit-ups as well, like uh, fourth tackle plays to get that quick play of the ball for Brooks's kick. I think he is really... I mean, you look at that five-round average there, uh, pass scores of 154, 80, 97, 86, and 99. That is up there with the very best. Uh, Tiger's not a great team, but he is by far the shining light. Yeah, absolutely, and pretty much everything they do obviously goes through him. David Nofaluma is probably someone who's been disappointing, I think. I brought him in. They've had some easy games, like we said, but he hasn't delivered 
at all. Um, Sharks, Panthers, and the Dogs to finish off the year. You still have some chances to, I guess, repay the faith. Yeah, again, it's probably one that we put out there a couple of weeks ago and might have missed the mark a little bit. But on paper, that run, it, it seemed fairly handy enough. He just doesn't get enough ball, I think. Like... Dewey, yeah, as good as he is down that right side, he either goes himself or he plays short to Talao. Uh, maybe Dane Laurie being out doesn't help. Nofaluma as well. Uh, Moses and by predominantly sweeping that left side and hitting Mamalo, which we've seen uh, be the beneficiary in recent times. Uh, Luciano Leilu, I think he's going to be a big part in these coming weeks. We mentioned that drama at the 2RF. If you're holding him, uh, well done. Uh, if you're not, I dare say he's probably someone on the horizon to cover the likes of... Um, JFH, if he's not playing this week, or if you're desperate for uh, someone, you know, you want to upgrade somewhere else in that slot. He, he does a job in, in those attacking fixtures uh, coming up. You think he could probably better that average of about 64, which he's got at the moment. Yeah, like you said, in a, in a position which has become increasingly volatile and so many issues coming up, Alou is probably one of the safest options in the game at the moment. He's doing well every week, and with two Good fixtures on paper left, uh, for sure. Great option. One of those men he may replace in Supercoach teams is Tyson Frizzell, who's out of the Newcastle Knights clash with uh, the Bulldogs this week. This one, the 5.30 game on Saturday afternoon. The Knights' firm favourites, $1.18 head-to-head. They start 16.5-point favourites here uh, at the $1.90. And Caelan Ponga, he was quiet last week. We mentioned Latrell Mitchell and, and James Tedesco in that conversation of elite Supercoach fullbacks. And... Ponga, he's just maybe missing the mark a little bit this year. We mentioned he's, he's lost the goal-kicking, and that really hurts him. Yeah, 100%. You, you've mentioned the goal-kicking a few times, and you're probably right. It's just that extra points that he's not getting every week. I think the Sharks shut him down pretty well the other day, to be honest with you. But the weeks prior, he'd been scoring quite well, and you get no better chance than against the doggies. So, obviously, a big game for him to sort of prove his worth in terms of Supercoach. Yeah, I mean, uh, the question always was, who was going to partner Tommy at fullback? Um, for the run home, it was a, a big question on everyone's lift. We both went with Latrell. I think he's fairly well repaid our faith. And you look at, I guess, the averages of the regular fullback eligible players. Teddy's number two at 84. Nico Hines, 83. Latrell Mitchell, 82. Adam Dewey, even, we've mentioned him just then, 79.3. And Caelan Ponga, a long way back at 72.2. So if you go take our example there, Latrell to... KP, you're pretty much getting 10 points per game better off with Latrell at fullback as opposed to Ponga, and no coincidence that that comes on the back of the goal kicking as well. Tommy, the Bulldogs, I thought they were pretty good last week against the Warriors. <laughs> Both teams, they know how to squander an opportunity, don't they? Yeah, it was a frustrating uh, frustrating game to watch. I had a, a few players in draft and a couple of uh, bets on the Warriors as well, and it was a tough watch, but the Dogs did pretty well to defend. Uh, Aaron Shop. He's a little bit of a favourite of mine. I really like him as a CTAW, not really for classic, but in draft leagues, maybe for next year, one to watch. Definitely gets through plenty of work, Aaron Shop, and I think uh, he's only going to be the beneficiary of players like uh, Matt Burton coming to the club. And uh, if he sticks to that left side, Josh Adekar, uh, what a deadly left side that could be with Burton Shop again. <laughs> Obviously the uh, underrated, unheralded name amongst those three, but he definitely does a job if he can hold his place. Last game on Saturday night is the Eels, the, the flailing Eels up against the Cowboys and uh, you'd expect the Eels to get the win purely because of their desperation but recent form suggests that this might be an ugly watch as well yeah not a lot to get excited about here um, this is it sounds weird considering they're playing the Cowboys but this is just they must put a good performance here para they must deliver because 
really they've got hard games the storm and the panthers to finish the year if they don't win this by 20 i'm I'm not taking them seriously to do anything in the finals i'll be out week one what do you think? Yeah, uh, some big changes for the Eels as well. Uh, Opacic gone, Oldfield gone. Uh, Will Penasini comes into this team, someone that we thought would be enough at this stage of the season. He's there. Hayes Dunster back as well. So the Eels cheap, he's getting a run late. But I think the problem with the Eels starts with the halves. Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses, it's easy to single them out, but there's just no creativity. There's too many errors. You said it best, I think, the other day, Tommy. They just lack a leader. Uh, Gutherson, he's their captain and... Maybe not the guy that you're looking to when things get tough. Yeah, they're all just they're all struggling. The whole team. I think the leadership is a big issue. But even Papalihi, I think you mentioned earlier, his numbers are way down. He, he didn't even run for 50 meters the other night. When other games this year, he's been the best player on the field. So yeah, it's a it's a weird story with Parramatta. But yeah, they need to find something uh, for the Cowboys. Will Tommy Dearden ever win a game as a starting half? I think it's getting. Pretty embarrassing now, the start. Yeah, and read into it what you will. I don't know if that gets any easier next year as well. Obviously, uh, they brought Chad Townsend there. Drinkwater, yeah, maybe a bit enigmatic. Like, on his day, he's brilliant. But how often is his day? Like, it just doesn't happen. Uh, just getting back here to this game. Uh, the Eels, $1.32 favourites. The Cowboys, $3.45. The line, 10 and a half. That's probably about where I expected it to be. The Eels, probably two... On the cusp of two tries better, I think, on their day. Reed Marnie, a massive loss as well. We haven't mentioned him yet, but you mentioned leaders. I think he is a future captain in waiting, and what he provides out of dummy half, they're just lacking. And Joey Lussick as well, as he's trying, he just doesn't give them what Reed Marnie does. Yeah, now the hooker slot's actually a real burden this weekend. With Marnie gone, I had Brandon Smith holding it down, but he's out as well. So there might be a few people out there looking for a hooker. So good luck to all. Next game, first game on Sunday afternoon, the Dragons and the Roosters. The Roosters' firm favourites here, despite that narrow win against the Broncos last week. Maybe a shock result to some. Uh, just that one-point win in the end. The star favourites here, $1.26. The Dragons rank outsiders, $3.95. The line, 12 and a half. The Dragons get it, and... Adam Kieran came up clutch at the end, but if not for that, I guess, miraculous challenge by James Tedesco, we're talking about the Broncos beating the Roosters last week. Yeah, well, it was a very uh, entertaining game. I think I said to you the other night that Broncos and the Roosters, they always seem to play some memorable games. Obviously, we saw that Victor Radley simbin twice earlier in the year, and then he had a massive part to play again the other night. Um, wasn't the most convincing victory from the from the Roosters, but they got the job done. I like the Dragons team here. I think it's a lot stronger than it has been. I like that they've picked Dufty finally in the fullback slot, although their season might be gone. At least they've gone with Dufty now. And also uh, Talatau Amone, I think Junior Amone, he goes by. He's been, well, he was good the other night against Penrith anyway. He came in for a late cameo. He looked the best player in the park. It's good to see him given a chance instead of Adam Clune. This Dragons pack is just... Bits and bobs, isn't it? Kate Ellis at prop with Jack DeBellin in jersey 10. Uh, so restart for Jack in the front row, even though he does play as a middle primarily. So Josh McGuire at Hawker, Billy Burns and Fui Maiano on the edges, and Tarek seems the captain at lock. Throwing, they've thrown the balls up in the air, and this is how they've landed. Well, that's kind of been what they've done all year, or at least the back end of the year. Every week, their team is just completely different to the last week. I, I don't know what they're doing, if they're trying to sort things out for next year, but... Look, despite that, I actually give them a bit of a chance here. I think their team has a bit of strike for once, and the Roosters 
don't think they're traveling that great. That that match the other day wasn't a great sign. No, it doesn't paint a good picture, does it? Uh, Joey Manu back to the centers as he has or as he was last week. Dale Copley retains that place on the right wing. Jared Warrior Hargraves is back for the Chookies. I think that helps. A uh, bit of starch up front. And he brings that aggression, which they might have lacked at times throughout the season. Matt Butcher retains his place on the left edge. <laughs> I said to you this the other day, Tommy. How many take a, take a look this weekend? How many decoys Nat Butcher runs? He would have run forty decoys the other night, or at least supports. He's always there pushing forward for the ball. Uh, just doesn't have that same attacking threat that Angus Crichton does, obviously. Uh, and Isaac Liu back to the lock forward spot after a couple of weeks in the front row for the Roosters. Yeah, what you said there about Butcher is it's a hundred percent true. I've had him a few times during the year in in draft, and he kind of is a bit disappointing. I think just players running running decoys when you're playing super coach is one of the worst things you can see because you don't get points for a decoy run. He's just always there, which is obviously a credit to his work ethic and stuff, but. Yeah, maybe if it's Angus Crichton, I dare say they hit him more times than than they do Nat Butcher. Rounding us out, the last game of the weekend is the Brisbane Broncos and the Warriors. Look, the Broncos, they start outsiders here, $1.97 on their home track Sunday afternoon, drive footy, the Warriors... They've done nothing. I know they beat the Bulldogs last week, but they've done nothing to impress me in the, in, in the last couple of weeks at least. I think the Broncos are specials here. I think that they have shown enough in recent times. They got that win over the Cowboys. They were competitive against the Roosters. They head into this one. Outsiders. Anthony Milford back in the halves. This is going to be a dry track Sunday afternoon footy in front of what we hope is a big crowd. The Broncos for me here, Tommy, they get it done. Yeah, look, fair enough. I can see your point of view there. I've got a bit of a, a soft spot for the Warriors. I'm really enjoying watching them play lately. Reese Walsh, Josh Curran, I think they're just great sort of young talents to watch. I honestly think other than uh, Panthers and Rabbitohs, this is probably the next most exciting game of the weekend. I just think it'll be free-flowing, attacking game, hopefully a dry afternoon up there. And, like, honestly, who knows? I'm not going to put my my confidence in either team really because they know how to let you down but I think it'll be I think it'll be a cracker to be honest we mentioned uh, Anthony Milford back already and I said last week a big inclusion for the Broncos was Albert Kelly you laughed at me and he's come back he scored a vital try and I mean fair enough laugh at the time but look at it now what he adds and I know it's silly because I, I was you know I've been watching Albert Kelly for 10 years when he was at the Sharks playing fullback dropping bombs from Greg Inglis but what he what he brings to this team, it's something unique. It's something that Tom did and obviously didn't offer them. He connects with the forwards well. He knows his edge back row is in Jordan Ricky. I just think there's going to be plenty of points in this game. I can see the Broncos just maybe one try better. And I know it's silly to say the Broncos are specials. They're probably never specials. But uh, Albert Kelly, though, like you said, I think we both laughed at the start of the year when they when they signed him. But he has he's probably proven us both wrong, and he proved me wrong last week. He's been he's been pretty good. Nearly had his, nearly had his leg snapped by Victor Radley the other night. Luckily, he didn't. Uh, but yeah, this game will be. Very important for us because uh, you have Albert Kelly in your draft team and I have Sean O'Sullivan, so one of us will be smiling on Sunday afternoon. Maybe both of us. I mean, we're expecting points. Both sides probably not the most emphatic with their attack, but I think it sets up nicely for them uh, this game here. Wade Egan, of course, made that return last week. He retains that spot in jersey number nine. Uh, Bailey Sirenen expected back. Chad Townsend named in the extended squad and Dallin Watini-Zelezniak on the right wing for the Warriors, knocking out... Uh, Edward Cossey from that right wing. He scored a try, his first try in the NRL last week. Let's get into our best bets now. We do it for topsport.com.au. Proud partners of the Supercoach 365 podcast. Two from four last week, our best bets, Tommy. So if we're breaking even, uh, I'd say we're well in front. Tell us, uh, what have you got for us this week? Yeah, I found it hard this week. I didn't really like 
much, but maybe it probably sounds crazy and it could could be terribly wrong. But I'm going to go with the Dragons at the plus, plus 12.5. I just think they have a bit of strike in their team this week with Dufty returning and a bit more sort of fun in the halves than Adam Clune. Uh The Roosters, I don't... Not sure they're going great guns. They're looking a bit tired. All the injuries might be finally be catching up to them. So I think the Dragons can keep it at least close. So plus two and a half, the Dragons. Yeah, they'll have to be uh, a lot better than they have been in recent times. But Dufty back there obviously equals more points for the Dragons. So within two converted tries, they can be. Your bet will salute. I like it. Uh, for me personally, keeping it simple this week. I've been backing Josh Mansour every week. I'm not getting he's not getting my cash this weekend against his old team. Just two winners head to head for mine. The Panthers will beat the Rabbitohs and the Broncos on Sunday afternoon will beat the Warriors for mine. You'll be getting about four dollars. Uh, if both of those two teams can salute, and if you do have a play on that, please do so responsibly and do so with topsport.com.au. You can find our affiliate link in our Instagram bio. Tommy, let's talk our trades before we wrap this up. And uh, I was actually exhausted my trades last week, bringing in Nathan Cleary, but you might have one more up your sleeve. Yeah, it's more out of necessity than actually wanting to. Um, I was actually ready to get rid of Turbo because originally there was reports it was going to be two to three weeks, and I thought... I might just sell for, for Teddy, but now it seems like he's going to miss one at most. So I'll keep him, obviously. Um, going to have to get rid of Reed Marnie. He's been injured, but I've been just sitting him there. But now Brandon Smith's out also. I've gone Reed Marnie to Harry Grant. Uh, looks to get a good run in the team now, obviously. And even when he was on the bench, he was scoring well. So Harry Grant in, and that's my last trade of the year. Yeah, again, we mentioned at the top that if you've held Harry Grant to this point, well done. Massive pod. Uh, he's been traded in. Well, he's one of the more popular trade-ins this week. Jerome Hughes, a popular trade-out. But again, you mentioned Tommy Turbo there as a trade-out. I mean, even if I'm holding him, I'm not trading him. Like, you can't get him back in if you're trading him out this week, plain and simple. So you're finishing the year without Turbo, which is, I don't think he's something you want to do. I don't think he plays this week, but I think he's a good chance to be back every week after this. Yeah, as I said, no trades for me this week. I'm out of, uh, out of trades for the year, but uh, lucky enough to have... 18 players to this point and maybe 19 if Fisher-Harris turns up on the weekend. That was another question which came through uh, from Simon Grunstein who asks, how many players is good this week? He's got 15. I've got 18. You've said you've got 16 now, Tommy. Is that right? Uh, I think 17 if James Fisher-Harris plays. So, yeah, scraping. I think a lot of super coaches will be this time of the year, obviously. Uh, a lot of trades uh, have already been burned throughout that middle part of the year, but uh, a lot of injuries that have come that we weren't expecting as well. Uh, that wraps us up, Tommy. Big thanks to you. Big thanks to everyone who's listened uh, tonight and throughout the course of the season. We've got a couple of more weeks in us. Uh, be sure to subscribe uh, to our podcast at Supercoast365. Uh, search Supercoast365 wherever you get us. Enjoy the weekend's footy. It's set to be a big one. Panthers South's the headline, but seven other good games to go with it. Good luck with your team this weekend. Uh, here's to some green arrows next Monday. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 